Hello, and welcome to Life Perspectives, the intergenerational podcast series from Cumberland Lodge. Episodes will be presented by Cumberland Lodge Fellows, past and present, and shared during 2022 to mark the 75th anniversary of the Cumberland Lodge charity. In this episode, Cumberland Lodge Fellow Julia Bazan is joined by Dasho Karma Ura to discuss Karma's work on Bhutan's Gross National Happiness Index. The discussion also touches on the influence of Buddhist practices and the importance of community. I now hand you over to Julia and Karma. So thank you so much for joining me for this conversation this morning. I really appreciate you taking the time. And it's really a a pleasure to be talking with you soon, so thank you. We'll start as we do traditionally in this podcast series with three questions. Uh, So first, what were you doing at my age? And uh, just for reference, I am 31, almost 32. 31, I had by then already become a young civil servant, uh, having completed my MSc and MPhil in economics. Uh, In terms of the uh, national uh, information at that time, I think uh, the so-called seventh five-year plan of Bhutan was running. So I jumped into the uh, National Planning Commission as a planning officer. That sounds like a lot of responsibility. I wonder, so our next question is um, around that time at my age, if you were in my shoes and could choose someone to interview for an intergenerational conversation, who would you have chosen to interview? At that time? Mm. Uh, In fact, this is not a hypothetical question because uh, parallel to my uh, work in the Ministry of Planning as some sort of coordinator of the five-year plan documentation, I began a very early interest in uh, following uh, the thoughts and uh, career of uh, very old uh, people in Bhutan, in particular uh, people who were from a very rural background uh, who had been recruited into the civil service mm. uh, they were locally literate only not any uh, they were not uh, literate or qualified in english so they had been recruited in the uh, civil service uh, and uh, somehow they had to transform the country and also get transformed in the process um i love that response because it's not any particular person and it's also not necessarily a singular individual it's kind of you're looking for yes i uh, always interested in composing a person out of many Mm. Mm. (laughs) Uh, maybe that's something we'll come back to and then the third the third question is uh what is something that most people don't know about you Uh, some daily interest in walking through the forest uh, you know, this, I do that quite assiduously, uh, and it's also demand for, of health. You know, to mm. and you enjoy that very much. So, and of course, people never know your internal struggles. They always see from the outside, but mm. you live from inside, and that is not known to you. Right? Mm. I I think that links um, quite nicely to the the way that I wanted to start our conversation. Mm. So, in preparing for this, I read a few papers about uh, gross national happiness yeah. uh, and one paper which is by um, the Oxford Poverty and Human Development Initiative here yeah. in 2013 
um, started in a very beautiful way that I thought maybe I would read the quote yes, and yeah. then we can discuss it. Uh, it starts, humanity in our age is restless. Thanks to technology and economic interchange, humanity has never been richer. Progress has become ordinary and each new year, the shy hopes of many burn bright. And yet our economic systems seem inadequate to poor and rich alike. To the poor for too often overlooking them, to the middle class and rich for its instability and unpredictability, and to all for draining and dirtying the earth, and because its success does not finally satisfy. Mm. That resonates with me and I think maybe speaks a little bit to what you were just talking about. Mm. Mm. Um, you're perhaps best known for uh, your work on Bhutan's Gross National Happiness Index, and I thought Maybe some of the listeners will already know what that is, but yeah. uh, for those who don't, would you mind very briefly explaining a little bit about what it is and why it might be a tool towards addressing some of the dissatisfaction uh, yeah, that Coach um, talks about? So the gross national happiness, uh, this is a, a concept uh, which was first uh, enunciated by the fourth king of Bhutan. Jimmy Singi Wangchuk, quite an uh, unconventional person. Um, but uh, intrinsically, I think the idea is not easy to dismiss. We always overestimate the impact of material things, technological things, infrastructural things on our well-being and happiness. And he saw that. So uh, he uh, saw that uh, development, uh, development. of course we need to define what it is exactly, but of the type mostly pursued, industrialization, uh, is overestimating itself in its contribution to human well-being, animal well-being. Uh, uh, so um, that was uh, encapsulated in his idea of gross national happiness uh, as juxtaposed to gross domestic product. Uh, I I um I love that and I I love that partially for its balance between taking a very bold approach to changing the system to be measuring something completely different or at least much richer than GDP um but it's also about measurement and it's quite practical I yes. think the that report describes it as visionary yet efficient which I love that phrase I think it's something that I certainly aspire to in my work <laughs> um, I'm curious how you became involved in the project and the process. Uh, what led you to Gross National Happiness? Um, I was uh, working uh, from the uh, late 80s onwards in the planning commission, you know. And the, it, the GNH uh, as a terminology, as a concept, as a broad sort of uh, part of uh, thinking in the management of country already current at that time when I went into the civil service it was already uh, there uh, and uh, the leadership at that time was also uh, their mindset was traditional very traditional uh, what it means uh, to be traditional is uh, quite uh, motivated by Buddhist uh, Buddhist thoughts quite influenced by the uh, idea of Bhutanese uh, history, you see, Bhutanese history, uh, and uh, not so much uh, plucked into other ideas about development, uh, approaches, uh, 
uh, at that time at that time but that uh, leadership was also changing so but at the same time the development was intensifying it means uh, what it means is intensifying is that uh, more money was spending every year at the same time more ideas were coming from outside you know more fundamental ideas about uh, what we sh- uh, should aim as a country you know what is a good life etc uh, challenging ideas were coming uh, from an, uh, inside and uh, then the the same fourth king who is the author of gnh also uh, in 2002 uh, he suddenly set up a uh, constitutional committee so uh, power to be devolved uh, democracy to be introduced along the western lines with, with all the forms and the substance etc so you know. so just before that uh, i was sent uh, from the ministry of planning and uh, to uh, set up a new office the present office i i am in uh, where i have been now for so long almost uh, 20 23 years now to set it up and its initial idea was to become a think tank the think tank we should do three things one to further gnh uh, the work on gnh you know measurement surveys Uh, one was to kind of uh, whenever government needs uh, uh, to do uh, some groundwork on policies so the other people do the ministries do more than anybody else but occasionally uh, they would send their uh, work to us also so policy uh, background works uh, and then, then the third one was uh, uh, being a country which is was influenced by buddhism also to see what is the interface between buddhism and modernity so the, for this three function i was sent there and last 23 years i have been uh, uh, involved in gnh uh, as one of the three functions of this new office i like this theme of uh, buddhism and modernity yes it leads to a, a question that i have so so one of the things that i really love about the cross um gnh the index mm-hmm. is that it has what you're saying sort of traditional economic indicators mm-hmm. but it also has less traditional ones um <coughs> for example community vitality yes, is one yes. that people talk about um and i i love this as a social psychologist because it recognizes that individual happiness yes is something that's deeply embedded uh and shaped by social structures sure. uh but i also recognize that there might be a tension there um where sometimes you know the indicator for community vitality for example is some measure of how much you're interacting with yes, with others yes um but i recognize that sometimes uh social interaction can be awkward and dialogue with people who have differing views than you can be difficult Sure. I think this speaks very much to Cumberland Lodge's ethos as yeah. sort of facilitating dialogue. Um I'm I'm curious how you approach that. How do you think about this balance between community vitality but also some of the difficulties that come with the the way of uh, tracking in, in terms of community vitality 
we have uh, included in GeneSh is a rather more simple one. Mm. It does not raise these uh, questions about individual uh, liberty uh, or uh, where is the trade of. It doesn't ask those questions. So we, mm. uh, though, uh, what, uh, because we take a far more simple approach, uh, we have taken for this because in this sense we are uh, neutral and. Uh, wherever you are, you want to be safe. You want to be safe wherever you are. So, mm. uh, in, uh, so we need to measure uh, the feeling of individual safety, not only objective safety, mm. but really deep down here, whether mm. you feel. So uh, then, uh, 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 the feeling of safety uh, can be assessed. Uh, on its own, in, in of itself, but also with respect to, has anybody bothered you, you know, unnecessarily? Has anybody tried to victimize you? Have you seen someone getting victimized? Mm -hmm. So those sort of questions are uh, rated, you know, self-reports really, self-reports. Mm -hmm. uh, then we really want to measure also the uh, level of uh, contributions to each other. So. That, uh, that can be in terms of time, in terms of time, which I give you some time, we need to assess that. We don't know what is going on in that time, but uh, we measure the time. Uh, we, uh, we measure the resources, money or goods, how much are you giving to each other free. Mm. This is, you know. Uh, so, uh, means uh, uh, this measurement is aimed at non-market uh, transactions, non-market some ways of transacting, uh, non-market way. This is a free, voluntary, is, uh, but this time can be very significant element of uh, uh, how communities function, how much I'm, time I am giving to you mm. uh, or to each other. Then, of course, so we want to also track uh, whether the languages you speak, that is, uh, local dialects uh, that is spoken in the community is dying or still alive. Mm. So we want to, that also not in a very sophisticated way, really. We just ask, is it going, are you able to speak? Mm. Uh, Buddhists usually speak about two, three languages. One of them should be, we think, the mother tongue, not the national language, mother tongue. Mm. Mother tongue, and then uh, we ask uh, the usual thing: the uh, community. Uh, uh, there are many rights in the community every year. Many rights, and how much do you um, uh, days do you devote to attendance of those attendance, uh, participation, enactment of those uh, rights? Rights, you know, and these rights may be very important for you as, as a, in a, to express some kind of collectivity. Mm. Uh, so, so these are very simple ones. Uh, but, uh, but then you may uh, ask questions about motivations. This is, this is not tracked by material things like time, but you may like to measure uh, how much, uh, um, you know, anger you have. You know. And these are likely to be anger at somebody. So mm -hmm. you ask that question, you ask whether uh, how much uh, episodes of generosity you feel and these are also likely to be uh, generosity towards your neighbors mm -hmm. only, uh, tangible one, not just abstracting. So it has, 
so through various uh, instruments like this we can get some sense whether the community is going backward or forward mm. usually very challenging you will see that material progress is very rapid in bhutan very rapid so if you rely only on the living standard and gdp you will see life should be going higher and higher and higher but when you assess this kind of thing you are not very sure then you are not very sure there seems to be sometimes uh, lag in this kind of uh, uh, important dimensions Mm-hmm. so but that also may show that uh, this is the value this is the value you you know it now uh, how your how your life is doing depends on how you measure now <laughs> mm-hmm. if you look at one it is going very well if you look at another it is progressing but very slowly mm-hmm. and in many places is going backward mm-hmm. what what do you think it is about that kind of economic transactive relationship that isn't counted in something like community vitality that's more about time or um feeling towards others interactions with others what is it about that economic transaction that makes us unhappy or does it does it make us unhappy it's just the other things also need to be there in order to have a sort of full life well you know about uh, the economic transaction more than we do you i do because you you are in the midst of it <laughs> you are in the midst of it you know uh, at least in, in traditional societies uh, there may be two other serious transaction one is the uh, voluntary transactions uh, uh, that i just described is not market you know completely mutual completely traditional mm-hmm. uh, so almost like a rhythm and a right on its own you know mm-hmm. and uh, you know that uh, transactions which are um, money based is one step detached already other is barter other is butter butter exchange that also is uh, slightly closer to human beings and relationship than the one intimidated by money in the butter one is very also very very uh, interesting because uh, uh, the question of inflation doesn't arise you know the butter exchange rate is fixed you know so your proof from your government's quantitative easing <laughs> already already so uh, uh, and then finally you come to uh, generous exchange you know you one side is giving more to the other on the basis of need you know and that comes finally very close to the nature of pure relationship you know so so i see four stages or four ways of interacting amongst human being and the market one distance mediated completely um, kind of a result of a huge economic structure where supplier uh, consumer trader all the uh, completely d- uh, detached so the idea of this kind of uh, personal transaction is really the idea of uh, more and more pure relationship yeah um in one of the big problems facing society that you mentioned earlier poverty was one of them yes and uh one thing i really appreciate about the index is that it is 
it is structured, if I understand this correctly, yeah. so that um, the measurement incentivizes the government to target people who are at least well off yeah. to improve conditions for them first, yeah. uh, which seems seems like an important aim yeah. and very much maybe to do with trying to get everybody up at yeah. least to some minimum yeah. threshold yeah. of you know, satisfaction or maybe capabilities. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can look at poverty, of course, in all the profound ways you already know the academic. But, uh, however, if, for, if people already have a sense of community, uh, if we can develop that, then there is a slightly, this uh, little more fuzzy idea of me and you, and you may like to continuously contribute, you know. So they say, let us say, in the village there is one too poor household, and then twenty other not so poor. You know, they can take turns how to help these two household, mm -hmm. and they do. They do. You know. And I like the picture of responsibility that that paints. In that, if you're in an, a community where relationships are very intertwined, yes, then it's not just that those who are least well off, yes. perhaps are more accounted yes. for. Yes. It's also that everyone else has a sense of responsibility. I wonder if that will, would help with some of the dissatisfaction that some of, at least my generation, I think, faces a sense of sort of aimlessness. Um, and perhaps that, that sense of responsibility is something that is a useful guide star or something that can help people find meaning sort of at different points throughout that community, not just for Yes, yes. Um, this, this you mentioned the sense, sense of responsibility. I think this is the, uh, that's the vision. Uh, but the doing uh, is uh, uh, equally important. Is the, the practice, the practice, the practice of it. And uh, um, uh, but um, uh, the, you mentioned, uh, you asked about the approach. Uh, that really depends. That depends. Um, some people want to have the image of themselves, identity of themselves as a helper, you know, mm. as a contributor, you know. Uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, I think that is uh, the beginning. Eventually in uh, Buddhism, uh, uh, for example, uh, where we draw the ideas in uh, uh, traditional Bhutan, but not now, not now always, not now always. You, you need a disintegration of the self-identity also to be able to always be open to contributing to others. You re need to destroy your own identity. Eventually, uh, to be very fluid uh, with this, this sense of where needed, whatever needed, with whatever skill I have, that sort of skillful mean requires no identity. Hmm. But, but then you are approaching idea of also lack of fundamental interest of yourself by yourself. Uh, you are approaching that idea, no? the, the lack of self. You are approaching that idea. Uh, the lack of self also means really lack of identity at that time. Uh, so uh, that's very difficult. We like to hang on to ourselves as a donor. Eventually, we have to build this idea, motivation of somewhat identitylessness. Mm. That is very difficult. That seems like a very uh, tricky, <laughs> a tricky yeah, thing to do. It is very tricky, tricky, very uh, tricky, and uh, we, 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 you lose 
What you are again? Yeah. Uh, there you. Uh, I'm. I'm. You don't have to share this if you don't want to. But I, I'm curious in your own journey. What? In your own journey, have you um, grappled with that? How do you How do you approach yeah, it in, yeah, in your uh, own no, life? No, I am not successful uh, in that uh, fully, but I am always aware and sometimes informed by that idea. You know. Uh, uh, our job in the civil service is a decent payment, but not at all something which can cover your uh, life in old age and something like that. Okay, should we switch to good paying job? Yeah, then 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 you are becoming much more uh, attached to yourself when when you start thinking like that. Mm. So I have compromised on that. Millions of people live worse life than me, you know. So I think uh, I, 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 that uh, what is so special that I must live till hundred, you know. Uh, lots of people are dying at forty. So uh, so that at least balance you can strike, and uh, wherever you feel you can help guide people. And that's all I can do. Give some free time to others. You know, that's why I, I can't give money. I can give my time. I can give some ideas. I can work for, you know, help temple uh, mural painting designing for others. And so small things like this. Mm -hmm. Small things because my station is small. Mm. You know, so you know, I, I'm informed by that. I'm informed by that. And then, in terms of policy, I also try to advocate uh, implicitly, because uh, in policy you are supposed to be neutral and this, that, you know. But uh, I don't believe in it, so I implicitly try to <laughs> put my views. <laughs> um. So, so the so the indicator also reflects that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. In this uh, kind of uh, cultural one, a lot of people uh, don't believe uh, we should uh, uh, measure the time devoted to prayers and meditation. Oh, you're prescribing something, they say. It's there in the culture, you know. We ask people, do you pray daily? Do you meditate daily? You know, we ask that question. And then we also uh, track people's time is over 24 hours. So. You know, they may say one thing, but the time, time, time pattern will show up. You know, people don't agree on this. But I, uh, I don't. Uh, I am not asking to whom are you praying. I am only asking, do you pray? Do you do meditation? And prayer and meditation sometimes is mingled in Bhutanese case, mingled. So, so I am not uh, ashamed about this. I think it's very essential to do that. But what they are praying, what they are meditating on is up to them, whether a Hindu is a Christian, whatever. But this is essential. Mm. So, um, uh, because this is a, a part of the conditioning of motivations. So, uh, you ask this question. Mm. You know, you um, if you think that asking question about how long uh, you commute uh, or how long you work is so important, this is more important. So. Uh, so in this way, uh, some of uh, my views are reflected. I wanted to see. <laughs> so it's important, uh, according to you, to have a, a spiritual or maybe just a contemplative yes. component to your yes. day. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Mm. Oh, this is uh, 
this development of awareness is uh, most important. Mm. And how else? You are not going to develop that by commuting. You are not going to develop by uh, physical exercise. No, you may. Uh, you may sometimes if you are doing body mind complex things, but but uh, otherwise it's quite important to know um, the consciousness of the individual. You know, what, what does it do to develop this? Mm. So in this respect, uh, here and there, small uh, views I have are reflected in the index. Uh, you know. yeah. And uh, the main reason why we are also interested in poverty, uh, among other uh, deprivations of food and such obvious kind, is also that um, most people who are poor have no, no access to these kind of things. No access to these kind of things. You know? This is uh, um, only uh, wealthy, leisurely people. Uh, if it only uh, these sort of things are define defining their life as very uh, holistic and uh, uh, complete, uh, everybody else also have some claim to this. In fact, you may have uh, in terms of material living uh, reach a high stage, but uh, uh, omission, huge omissions are there in their life. So this, this question is perhaps more personal. As I was going through the, um, the indicators, yeah. I had this thought, oh, this is actually, maybe it's not, geared, it's not meant to be an individual tool, but it is somewhat what? A, a tool for individuals maybe to gauge their own you know, happiness. <laughs> but it was very uh, useful to go through it and think, hmm, how, how are these areas of my life you know, going? And um, one thing that's, uh, struck me about it is that it's trying to create, I think, trying to move individuals and communities towards a more sort of calm and contented way of being. And the moments when I'm least like that are very much the moments that you were mentioning before that uh, when you feel uh, busy, this yeah. sense of always being busy yeah. and projecting busyness. And I think when I'm uh, at my worst moments, I'm doing that probably because I want to project my worth to yeah, other people. Yeah, I'm worried yes, that yes. without working or doing, I won't be worth something. Yeah. I wish that it weren't like that. I wish that there were less about work and more just yeah. being that yeah. made you worthy. Um, but I also think that in its best moments, my busyness is maybe a good thing. It's, it's um, when I feel really urgent about an issue that matters, yeah. like the poverty or environmental yeah. Yeah. Um, sustainability, some of these other issues that feel really pressing and that make me quite anxious. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's not this calm sense. Um, it's something that, you know, something needs to happen and urgently. Yeah. And that feeling of discontent I think is maybe useful at propelling me into yeah. sort of good action. Yeah. Uh, and I, I wonder, I think that might also happen at a societal level that yeah. there's some research to suggest that, um, you know, if a, if a solution is just kind of palliative yeah. and it's making people feel good, but it's not addressing the yeah. structural issues, yeah. then perhaps it's actually yeah. negative in a way. I'm curious if you um, think about the role of this anxiety and yes. uh, yeah. maybe urgency. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think uh, I should say that the GNH index is uh, completely uh, 
person and personal based mm. it's not like gdp where individuals uh, evaluation doesn't enter into account it's is of a system of material things you know mm. uh, production and but gnh1 everything has to be answered by the individual because the unit of consciousness is the individual and we are talking here about the uh, awareness of how you well you are so everything is individual and you can assess individuals uh, through this questionnaire and you can compute your own gnh <laughs> you know uh, like the dial Uh, of your watch you will see whether you are scoring this that you know out of 1 to 100 uh, uh, 0 to 1 you, know, you can calculate uh, so uh, 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 now on the uh, question of anxiety and all of this thing i think uh, of course everybody wants to feel meaningful you know uh, that means your your work is now evaluated by yourself as good or bad uh, that is why you are feeling anxious about it you know you are constantly assessing and the value of the work by yourself and occasionally you may feel that it is uh, doubtful so you become very anxious is not successful you become anxious but uh, the uh, worthiness uh, of uh, action on its own Uh, worthiness of uh, intention on its own uh, i think you should uh, value independently of the success of the projection of it in newspapers uh, or your uh, by your peer um, my ma- main way of escaping this is uh, really to come down to uh, saying that this is a good uh, action this is a good intention on its own and now i do it independently of the rate of success or the impacts it may create so uh, uh, this is my humble uh, way of, of looking at things mm. has um, your way of looking at things changed as you've gotten older <laughs> of course of course you mature much uh, uh, much but uh, that's a uh, that is because you have read the book of life rather than others book and uh, one thing that changes is really the question of time you you really as you age you there's no time there's no time and increasingly you move to timelessness view meaning you do the good things you do the right things you know and there is access to timeless concepts and uh, you you are uh, you are going to be snuffed out very quickly uh, chronologically but also uh, something can happen i can be knocked off my car mm. i will be killed by covid anytime it can happen it can happen anytime so we we have to be informed by this temporariness mm. thinking from the unbounded view of unbounded view of non existence sometimes very helpful mm. freeze you really freeze you freeze you in mm. Because you are always thinking of you, uh, success by the age of forty. This, this saving this much, I'll live up to ninety. This, that, this, that. You know. So uh, sometimes you have to be out in the non-existence mode. Existence, non-existent. Now, timeless mode. Uh, what I meant is that 
your mind stream, your thought process, your con continuity of your thought process. Nobody is able to think continuously anything. Nobody. Not even imaging you cannot think of. There's always interruption. And this, this alternating interruption, disruption in your thought process. Yeah, you think about the continuing till 90. Uh, you are hanging on to identity, your uh, view of uh, evaluating your actions and meaning of life in that sense. But there's all the time gap. There is all the time you, you can also switch on to thinking, oh no, I'm not going to be there tomorrow. And, you know, is it so important from a kind of a huge historical point of view? No. So we accept. So that means you accept uh, no need for anxiety. No need for putting a good show, <laughs> but to do the right thing. There we go. I like that advice to sort of reflect on your mortality, and that will yes, help to deal yes. with your anxiety. <laughs> yes, because you do you do as I mentioned the goodness of the action, the rightness of the action now. Mm. You know, you know, from taking a momentary point of view, we follow that in the stream of your consciousness. Yeah, you do think uh, you think about this sort of thing also, but also shift very frequently to this impermanent flux. Your own thought is like that. Your own thought is like that. We think it is as solid and stable like this, but in your own thought is uh, chopped thousand times into different different pieces every day. But uh, this uh, this is my approach uh, in a sense. In a, I have come close to mortality myself. Yes, we don't need to broadcast this. I suddenly struck by cancer in 2002. But uh, I recovered from cancer. But next time the doctor nearly killed me by wrong surgery, you know, 2006. Anything can happen. You go to the doctor to save you, but he can kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, a lot of absurd things in life. A lot of absurd things in life. Okay. But you're feeling all right now, I hope. Yeah. You can pop off any time. <laughs> you can. You all can. Right. Well, I think that's a good um, advice to keep perspective, I suppose, as we're going through life. Um, I know that we're, we're now approaching the end of our time. Um, so I want to ask a concluding question. Um, is there any other advice that you would have for people my age? Very difficult uh, question. Every day... Uh, take care of your body, do physical activity. Every day give some, at least one hour to others. I can't recommend on money, but currency of time is universal, so I can recommend one hour. Go out of the way to help strangers, become their friends, one hour at least. So you need daily courage. You need daily courage, you need daily fearlessness. You know? I think decided courage is maybe a good place to end it. Thank yeah, you so yeah. much for sure, sure. taking this time to sure. speak with us. I really appreciate it. If you would like to keep up to date with Life Perspectives, you can follow us on major podcasting platforms. Just search for Cumberland Lodge. You can also keep up to date with all the work of Cumberland Lodge on Twitter, Facebook, and on the Read, Watch, Listen page of cumberlandlodge.ac.uk. Thank you once again to Julia and Karma for joining us. And thanks for listening. Goodbye.